0: You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Our guest today is Zarif Zaheen. Zarif is the founder of the American Dream Team at Keller Williams in Dallas, and she's one of Northern Virginia's most trusted, top-selling real estate brokers. She has been featured on numerous podcasts, publications. She's a TEDx speaker, won many awards, and we are so excited to he- listen to her share What it takes to pay the price of leadership. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and talk to wonderful leaders from all over the globe on what it took them to pay the price of leadership. And today, I am tremendously excited to introduce to you my newfound friend and mentor and sister, Zarif Sahin. Sahin, is that how you say that? Thank you, sweetie, okay. And Zarif is the founder of the American Dream team at Keller Williams Dulles. And she's one of Northern Virginia's trusted top-selling real estate brokers. She has been serving local and international real estate clients since 2007. And Zoe, or Zarif, shares her insightful analysis, laser-focused business skills, and roadmap to creating your dream. She is a strong advocate for women's empowerment, and she has received many awards, including the Top 100 Women Who Mean Business by Loudoun Business Journal, the International Women's Leadership Award by the American Turkish Association, and the Top Real Estate Agent by Smart CEO Magazine. Zarif is a TEDx speaker and has been featured in publications and podcasts such as Huffington Post, Loudoun Times Magazine, The UV Effect, and True Conversations. Zoe, thank you so much for agreeing to be on my podcast today. It's a pleasure to be here, Tracy. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
1: It's always great to talk to you ever since I met you. I love the energy and I really enjoy talking to you.
0: Thank you. We'll right back at you. And we connected on another podcast that I did for somebody else and you listen, and it was during this whole pandemic time. So just my dad always said the people you meet and the books you read, so we can still be meeting incredible, tremendous people even in the midst of this.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it was kind of funny how we met. I didn't see your face. I only heard your voice, but I could catch the energy that you were vibing off. And it was just an amazing energy. I had to meet you and I reached
0: out to the owners of that podcast, the hosts of them, said I have to meet her. I really would like to talk to her. I love that. And we are looking forward to many more interactions in the future. And that's good for our listeners too. If you do hear a podcast, and you listen to somebody, reach out. They'll share. It's not, it's not, none exactly. of us is famous enough yet to be like, oh, I can't share their personal email. So I'm so glad you did that, Zoe. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to meet
0: you. Well, today, our listeners are leaders at all different stages of their life. My father was known as a great humorist and a great exhorter and motivator, but he also was really pragmatic in that he told people how it was tough truth and tough love. And he has a speech called The Price of Leadership where he says that there are four prices that you have to be paying in order to truly call yourself a leader. And we're going to unpack them today with you, Zoe, get your input because you are an incredible leader in so many aspects and really interested to hear about your journey to going through these four prices. So the first one he talked about was loneliness. Oh, and I know. Uh, loneliness isn't fun. You know what I'm saying? It's lonely at no, the top. And especially, you know, sometimes as women, we, we want to please, or we, we need affirmation. We need a lot of it, you know? Exactly. And so loneliness, can, can you explain to me, Zoe, what loneliness in a leadership capacity means to you? Maybe when you've been in a season of loneliness, and anything that you would share with our listeners to encourage them? Absolutely. Tracy, I'm so glad that your dad wrote this book. First of all, I want to say thank you to you
1: for sharing this with me, mm. and thank you to your father for putting out the ugly and the uncomfortable side of leadership, which I don't get to read a lot about. When I read this book, it was easy to read. And I was like, we needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. And it, he, he really touched on everything that I felt and lived through. And it was n- nice to see or read that I wasn't alone in this. So for me, loneliness began when I actually started going into business and becoming a little bit more successful. I'm going to touch on the real estate and coaching part instead okay. of other management jobs that I had. But it does relate to a lot of leadership positions like management, owning your own business, going into corporate or any of that. For me, it really began to, I started to feel it more in the real estate um, business as a leader, especially when I was a coach. I realized that I am a friendly person. I like to talk to everybody. I'm a very outgoing person. And I look at everybody as a friend and, or I'm really inclusive with everybody. But when I started becoming the leader and the coach, I realized that the people that I used to be friends with were no longer looking at me the same way. Okay. And that was a shock to me. Mm-hmm. It was a shock to me because I felt like, well, I can't share my secrets with them anymore mm-hmm. I can't yeah. share my true feelings with them anymore because I have to put this successful or able capable exterior up front and I felt like, wow, I am drifting off from that friendship it wasn't drifting off it was just me getting to a different level and them seeing me different. it wasn't me feeling uh, different it was them seeing me different or mm. some small things that they said would make me feel. I am no longer like them. And that was a lonely place to be because I stopped talking about the true feelings to my friends or to the public or to the audience that I had. I felt pretty secluded or isolated because when you keep feelings inside, it festers. Mm -hmm. It festers and it explodes in another area of your life and you have to learn how to treat those feelings. I realized that leadership comes with loneliness, and I had to find a channel to release that feeling of loneliness. And I don't know if you feel like that. And I didn't read it in your dad's book, but he did bring up those feelings for me, and I revisited those feelings. I chose to go into running, and running mm-hmm. was a way of me to disconnect and just take a little bit of time and recharge myself. Otherwise, those feelings were festering, and I felt like nobody understands me anymore,
0: yeah, I think as leaders that's kind of a natural tendency because, like you said it's not just you, but it's how your teammates or your followers see you, and mm-hmm. they 're going to see you different because it is different
1: it is it's very much different because you're no longer just responsible for yourself you 're actually responsible uh-huh. for other people's lives or careers or jobs, and that was the harder part because I had to put my expectations or my own desires to the back burner. And, you know, that part was a little hard, but it was also a rewarding part of the leadership because you were helping somebody else become who they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that comes with responsibility as a leader. And that's where the loneliness comes in again. It's funny that you urged me to read this book. Just recently, my daughter, my middle daughter, She grew in her position and finally, during the pandemic, the way she showed up for work, the way she filled in the leadership position when they were going through some leadership changes made her show up better. Mm. And, you know, it was not easy during the pandemic. A lot of changes happened. But when she became a director, they promoted her to be the director. And I'm really proud of her. There was a day when she came home and I could feel it. In her energy, I could see it in her face. I said, Honey, what's wrong? Did did you have a bad day? She initially she didn't want to talk about it because she had that feeling of, I can't talk to anybody about my feelings. And I was like, Honey, I'm your mom. You can talk to me about anything you want. And she opened up and she said, Mom, I just feel like I don't have friends anymore. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh, she's going through that stage of moving into leadership and going through these uncomfortable feelings. And I said to her, I said, Yelda, being a leader is a privilege. It is a hard earned privilege. However, it's also very rewarding. You just have to realize that you are transforming. I said, you're no longer the Yelda that you used to be. You are transforming into a calling that expects you to step up, go through an uncomfortable period of time, and that's where
0: growth lives in the uncomfortable territory. I love it. And for your daughter, for the listeners out there too, The people that are looking at you differently, you have to remember, and you put it right in there. The expectation is that you do now act like a leader, because otherwise they're going to go, well, why did she get picked for promotion? She just acts. I mean, I I love The Office, the sitcom, The Office, and I think about Michael Scott and how he just wants to be one of the people, you know, and that wouldn't work. I mean, you know, they were always, it was a show, so of course, but I mean, people see you different, and the expectation is, I know it's hard because they look at you different, but they also expect you to act like a leader. Exactly. And you're not one of them anymore. I can remember being in the military when you were an officer, you had the enlisted. And yes, we were all soldiers together, but there also was this boundary between us and them, not in a bad way, but in a good organizational way that otherwise you get too colluded to and, and you start l- losing respect because you don't act I'm like a leader. Say that it creates
1: mutual respect.
0: Yes, Absolutely. I love it. And so I, said- I'm so glad that
1: you brought that up because I just recently finished a book that I read previously, but when I read it again, it made more sense to me at this stage of my life and it's called Seven Habits of Effective Leadership. Mm-hmm. And One of the things that they touched about in that book and which resonated with me is there's two types of people. There are the proactive people and the reactive people. And the proactive people are the leadership quality, the people that don't get involved in the daily gossip or the. Oh, poor me. Oh, well, because of this person that happened. Mm. Those are the reactive people blaming circumstances or other people for what's happening to them. Right. The proactive people, they take charge. Right. They show up. They try to put together something to help another or help um, what they're doing, what they're working on is not for themselves, but for the good of others or for the good of greater, I should say. Yes, and right. that's that's how... I personally identify leaders yes. are proactive or reactive. Well, and, I'm so and glad you said that. That uh-huh. happens when when I meant you don't know, you no longer have friends is because at some point the group of people that you used to hang up uh, hang out with they used to vent they used to say things about maybe their bosses or their coworkers and you were a part of them but at some point you kind of like geared away from that and you started taking charge of your own life making better choices and that's where. You feel lonely because they're no longer looking at you as one of us. We can't mentor her anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And to remind people too, it's this old, this is one of my all time, we sell like hundreds of thousands of Um when, when you work for somebody, work for them, mm-hmm. speak well of them, don't mm-hmm. drag them down. And I, I, I tell people, you know what? Disengagement at work in today's modern society, that's as old as human nature. It is. And, you know, my dad and the leadership literature will tell you, you know, I love people, but people, okay? I mean, your greatest joy and your greatest heartache, pretty much only 10% are really, like you said, going to show up, going to be proactive. That means I claim ownership. That means Mm -hmm. I take action. I don't sit back. I don't accept blame and ask a bunch of stupid questions. That's the whole premise of that. And again, another five minute read. Okay. And and so, but that is not the norm because as humans, we're coded to be selfish, lazy, exactly the way we are. It's human nature. I'm not laying something on, on mankind. That's anything new. So it's just something intrinsic in us. And I think for leaders, as long as you realize, um, you are going to be in the minority as a leader, number one, because if leadership was easy, everybody would do it. And if everybody was a self-leader, you wouldn't need a leader because everybody would just do the wrong right <laughs> thing because they'd be self-autonomous, self-regulating, self-motivated. But that's not how it happens. So, um, you know, you, you need leaders to do the bad stuff and ignite the greatness within. So, I mean, I love that, that she's seeing that and, and to let her know you're going to be one of the few, yeah. but the world is run and changed by the few and the few are who changed my life and made me who I am. So all you can do is maybe ignite a few others and the world will be a better place. That is so true. And I I love that you are actually talking about
1: your military background, where discipline and this hierarchy and the boundaries are very well-defined. Unlike, you know, we try to define those boundaries, but in the military, it's very well-defined. Oh, yes. Across those boundaries. And I'm really glad that you brought that up. And one way I learned how to deal with leadership or loneliness is have expectations certain expectations mm-hmm. communicate that expectations communication is key in leadership. leadership you communicate your expectations well and also put yourself on the other person's shoe and listen to their expectations yes. of us as a leader of us as a leader i mean it shouldn't just be us as a leader expecting things from people but we should also try to understand truly understand what they expect of us in their growth journey. Mm -hmm. And if you have that in writing, and if you agree on that, if there's any disconnect there, just sit down and revisit that and maybe readjust that. I think that is a very important part, just like the military, have those boundaries, have those expectations. And, you know, everybody knows their position and their duties and um, their responsibilities. And I think one one of the ways that you can create another um relationship a new relationship it could be a friendly uh relationship it doesn't have to be
0: disconnected you can have that connection still with expectations right oh absolutely and we had to have that in the military we were separate but man but when we were doing our job on the flight line or we deploy or go to war we were all together you know so but you did still have these boundaries Uh, but i love that you said have expectations and i think sometimes as leaders. I know this was tough for me because I'm like, leaders, we do stuff. We just, mm, mm, you know, make it happen. Give me all my orders. But it really is important for leaders to really have expectations of their followers, of their team members. What is the expectation? They're not mind readers. And I tell people that complain about their bosses, you know what? Your boss can't read your mind either. Speak, you know? And then you said it, communicate them well and then listen. I love that, Zoe. Beautiful. You know, one of
1: the things that I mentioned to my daughter is, honey, you have to just learn to listen differently. She used to call them friends. Now that you're a leader, you just listen differently. You don't listen to respond, you listen
0: to understand. I love it. Zoe, that's beautiful. Wow, what a privilege (laughs) to sit there and have a leader. And that's why it's so important for leaders to share with emerging leaders to, I mean, I can't think of the people that when I thought, oh no, it's over, I screwed up or I did it wrong. And they're like, no, 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 no. Just, you know, gave me that little bit of, insight just a sense or two and um what a beautiful thing. and how beautiful that she is teachable humble and open to receive because otherwise yeah. initially she wasn't it, it took her a
1: while to open up because it's a whole new world for her yeah but loving being a leader being a mom i mean i'm a mom before i'm zoe or anything else but i'm loving sharing these experiences with her now that she is taking this journey
0: that is so exciting and you know what that she did catch on cuz initially when we're young leaders they think we know it all, or we think we know it all. And again, I have to tell you a military story. The military would not let that happen to you because as a second lieutenant, you were to be seen and not heard. So it exactly. didn't matter if you were an officer and you outranked 100 enlisted people, you'd be quiet because you don't know enough to say anything yet. And so it was really good that for four years, two years as a second lieutenant, two years, and then maybe when you're a captain, then you can ask a question too. But it really taught you humility that, you know what, just because you have the rank or the title, that doesn't necessarily mean you absolutely have any grasp of what is going on. And it, yeah. it, it, taught, it taught humility. You know, your dad touched on that in the book and I, I, it gave me goosebumps when I was reading
1: it. It wasn't a entitlement or endowment. It was actually, you know, being still humble, that leadership comes with a little bit of an ego, but being able to be better than your ego yes. and still yes. have that humility. Humility is key in leadership. If people can connect you and feel like you are humble, you are talkable, you're approachable, then you can achieve or you can infuse inspiration
0: to anybody that you are meeting. Well, I love that you said be better than your ego because I did a podcast on humility yesterday and one of my takeaways was check your ego at the door, check it, check it, check it, check it. And I kept saying that because we can't check our egos at the door. It's part of us. It's us. But I love that you said look, you're going to bring your ego into the room no matter how much serenity now and meditating and praying I do right now. All I need is the wrong word or the wrong phone call or the oh, wrong it comes eye roll. You know? And so <laughs> I love that you said be better than your ego because it's always there. It
1: is. You know, The higher you rank, the higher you step up, the, the bigger the bubble of your ego gets as well. Wow. You know, There is the sense of gratefulness for the achievement, but it, there's a fine line between gratefulness and ego, so we have to be able to balance the two.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay, Zoe. So we we kind of we unpacked uh, beautifully. Thank you so much. Unpacked loneliness as a leader, and so now the next price that he talked about was weariness. Mm -hmm. And he talked about, Hey, if you're going to be doing anything worthwhile, you know, this working with people, you got some people that give a thousand percent other people that you're like, are you, did you, did you get anything done today? And, um, how, how do you replenish and stay refreshed and strong as a leader? And I know you touched on running in your last part, but, but how do you self self care first? So you can be good for your people. You know, it, it, it I think it has a couple of different parts. And I love the
1: fact that these different levels of the, the price of leadership is coming up now because I'm in a different place now than I was five years ago. One of the things that I used to do is running, obviously, and nature, connecting with nature, disconnecting with the decisions that I have to make every day and just getting that nature in and doing something good for myself replenish my energy. However, I figured out that there's four different levels that I need to recharge in order to be a better leader. One of them is the physical. You know, what you put in your body matters. Right. If you feel bloated and if you feel gassy, if you feel bad about what you ate, it's going to reflect in your attitude. So what you put in your body is important as much as exercising. So those two things in the physical part, what you put in your body and how you replenish your energy. And for me it was making better choices in eating Mm -hmm. and, you know, whether that's organic or home-cooked meals or, you know, exercising more. And the other thing is social and emotional. And like I said, I'm a social person. I'm an outgoing person. I need to be around people. I probably would do really poorly if they put me in a big acreage, acres and acres. I love that for a little while, but Uh I just met people. I need to be around people. So for me, it was like, connecting or surrounding myself with like kind of people or even people that I can learn from, you know, people that I want to become like. So I need to continue to connect and continue to grow. That gives me a sense of, you know, self-fulfillment. If I constantly, in a way, I could say sharpen the saw. I need to sharpen the saw. I need to constantly better myself every day so I can lead the people that I lead better too, social and emotional, and then there is the spiritual aspect. And the spiritual aspect is I'm really, really into, you know, the divine God, and I do my prayers every day. I mean, different times of a day. But one of the things that I uh, persistently and consistently do is my nighttime journal. And there's a reason why I do that, because I really believe in how the mind works. And if I journal it at night, I give my brain the ability uh, process that overnight. And the next day, everything becomes easier for me. And the first thing I do when I wake up is I, I connect with God. Mm-hmm. I am God the first thing that um, is in my life. And the sense of, you know, belonging to something uh, helps me become a better leader. And um, uh, there's just one more, and that is um, reading. Reading, um, I probably... My gosh, I read so much, I barely ever watch TV, Tracy. I fill my mind, my body, and my being, I should call my being, with information. Information that I can pick and choose whatever works for me um, and what I'm going to use to better myself. Again, Mm -hmm. it goes into what are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your body? What are you feeding your spirit? And those are the three things that I would say. Um, how I deal with weariness.
0: Well, I'll tell you. You, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And people think growth is draining. Oh no, 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 no. Growth is re- rejuvenating. Growth is pruning off to, to prepare for the next level. The people that I talk to, or when I will, I'll speak for myself. When I have personally been the most depressed. Ready to quit and hang out is when I have been eating a diet of trashy TV, mm-hmm. toxic people, oh, and yes. just sitting there wallowing and not growing at all. And you have to feed your mo- your bo- body, mind, and spirit. And so a lot of people are like, well, I can't do what you do, Tracy, because I don't have the energy. Mm -mm. it's, it's, it's uh, I'm I'm here to tell you, if you don't do it, first of all, you're not only not going to be like me, but you're going to slowly die on the vine. It's the burden of gilded canes. You're, you're going to disassociate yourself out of the land of the living and your body will catch a disease of the mind. Mm -hmm. It's psychosomatic. It's very clear. And so when I tell people that are really in that rut, I'm like, Get out! You've got to start growing. And that's what my dad would always say. Um, read books and meet people. At the very, very least, even if you can't have the worst problems in the world, can you reach out to somebody, meet somebody new, or read a book? Yes, and yes. The question is, if you if you don't have that growth orientation, and you don't see the price that you're going to pay for not, I mean, there's a price to leadership, and there's then there's a price to also non leadership, and that's exactly not, not good at all. So I, I mean, I love that you hit, hit on all that. And almost a hundred percent of the leaders have said up in the morning. First thing is meditation, prayers, get, get right with the universe before I even hit the ground. So that's
1: Again, I much I,
0: a, yeah, a universal father's book about, um, how he shares books. Um,
1: I, yes. I love the fact that he mentioned the books because in my opinion, um, the world evolves. Or we evolve. People evolve. And if you just don't feed the right information into your mind, what you're doing is you're letting, you're allowing your circumstances or other people to feed information into you. That's right. why I don't watch TV a lot. I, I'm very selective of what I watch. I can probably watch maybe a movie here and there. I'll probably fall asleep towards the end. My girls always make fun of me of that. But I choose to lose myself in a book. Mm-hmm you know, choose the the information that I'm going
0: to allow into my being. And you're going to develop a taste for the good. Mm -hmm. Um, I hear people say, Oh, Tracy, I, I, you know, you don't understand. I I'm addicted to this. And I'm like, well, like any other addiction, you can stop that. What I watch now, uh, what I used to watch, I would never watch now. I will not tell. I mean, I'll sit there and walk in a room and hear them say something. I'm like, uh, uh, Either I'm leaving or we're turning this nonsense off. We're not going to have it. But before I oh, what's the big deal? It's a big deal. It all lands in here. And like you said, you take it with you to bed in your self-conscious. It roots in your heart. And you just got to really, you got to weed. Typically grow.
1: In, exactly.
0: You know, I don't got to plant weeds in my mind. The whole, you, the whole world does that. TV is really good at planting weeds, but you oh, got to yeah. really guard against it and only grow the great stuff. Absolutely, and and if you
1: listen to any good leader, you will um, understand that they're very selective of what they let in, or what they let in. And Absolutely. Said, the analogy about the grass and the wheat, what grows worse, what kills the other? Weed kills grass, which is, right. you know, uh, that's why I'm very, very selective for what I watch, what I listen to. Um, I I choose to also speak words of encouragement and speak the right kind of words so I oh. can give off that energy to the people
0: around me. I love that. that is, that's beautiful. I just got goosebumps when you said that. <laughs> I need to work on that. Thank you for that word to remind me of that too. It Thinking is one thing, but Tracy. Stop I mean, leadership,
1: leadership is really um, not about status. It's about how you choose to behave, how you choose to talk, or how you choose Ooh. to... Um, you know, lead people, it's a a sum of choices. And, you know, it comes with responsibility, like I said earlier. And, you know, choosing the things that you let in and choosing the words that you speak, it takes practice. It didn't come overnight to me. I had to, just like exercising every day, I had to work on it every single day until it became automatic. Once (laughs) it became automatic, I detected like this. I mean,
0: oh, well, that word does not go into my brain today. Right. I love that. Okay. So that goes beautifully into the next topic. The next Mm -hmm. price is abandonment. Abandonment. And this is really your hyper focus. And my father would say, you need to abandon what you like and want to think about or eat or watch in favor of what you need and ought to think about. And so this is where self-discipline really gets in because as you grow, you're going to be in different parts of the journey. And so what worked here is no longer going to work here. So tell me about abandonment and, and where you've had to go through seasons of and, and how you stay really hyper-focused. Because I'm sure if you're like most of us entrepreneurs, we love all these ideas <laughs> and tell us so many ideas. There's just not enough time. And it's like, that's the curse, the curse of being an entrepreneur. Stop. I pray for silent solitude and singularity. Okay. Singularity, how, how do you I love maintain that. focus, hon? How do you so, do it? I want to touch on my first marathon. That was a life-changing
1: moment for me because I kind of got thrown into it. I was running smaller races. I never ran a marathon before, but um, I kind of got talked into it by my my friends. And I said, whatever, let's do a marathon. And I had a friend who was a Marine and he gave me a piece of nugget. And he said, "Um, how do you feel about it? And I said, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. I think I'm going to die. Because everybody was um, at home. My daughters were like, you're crazy for doing it without training. You're going to die. You're going to die. And this is what I was taking in. And I said that to my friend. I said, I'm probably going to die. I don't know why I signed up for it. All the negative stuff. And he said, mind over matter. Mm. Mind over matter. You have to be able to focus on the end result that you want to go um, have instead of the pain that you are going to experience. And I was like, wow, that's powerful. And he taught me, he basically, that one word, uh, the, the one sentence he said, mind over matter, really helped me in life and I took that and I expanded on that I want to learn more about it finishing that marathon taught me how to have um mind over matter um possibilities over fear and I started studying the mind studying the fear and researching you know what it is it's all about abandoning the the sense of fear and there's a way to abandon it and focusing laser focusing on possibilities. Both of them are invisible, Tracy. Both of them are something that you create in your mind. Why not focus on the possibility? It's because our nature, human nature, will take you back into the experiences or observations that you've already experienced or what people taught you. You know, being able to focus on the possibility requires you you to step out of what you you know and step into the unknown. And that's scary for people. That's here for people. People are afraid of the unknown, but they're not afraid of how their fears are holding them back. But so so I had to teach myself, you know, I need to abandon my fears. My fears are only holding me back. Mm -hmm. I want to do so many things, but then I think like, what if I'm not good enough? What if I can't do it? What if I'm not fast enough? What if I'm not leadership material? So all these things that was into my mind before starts bubbling up. So I started telling myself I would try to catch myself and I would try to focus my attention on the things that I can control rather than the things that I cannot control. Mm-hmm. And with fear, you know, I can't control what happened in the past. I can't right. change that. But right. I can change what I can do in the future and focus on that only. I'll give you an example. Um, you know, there was a time when I tried to make a career change going from coaching into building a team. And it was scary. You know, there was the nonsense feeding my mind saying, what if you can't do it? And there were some comments, there were some naysayers saying, we'll, we'll see what, how that turns out. That really hit me in my core. Like, am I not good enough? They don't yeah. believe in me. Yeah. But then this fire started inside of me and I started focusing and, you know, thinking about the possibilities. What happens if I actually make this team work, what if I grow the team? What if I have this much volume? How many people can I help? So I've started focusing on the possibilities, not just for myself, but for my family, for the people that are going to be around me. And so I guess I, uh, I would say the one thing that helps me overcome the fear is focusing on the possibilities.
0: I love Unlo- Well, okay. So case in <laughs> point. So I was married a long time ago, long time ago. It didn't work out, so I don't have pleasant memories of it. Okay, so mm-hmm. fast forward, I'm single for 24 years. Never want to get married. Have nightmares about getting remarried, nightmares. So mm-hmm. I meet my now future husband who I got married in January, and I'm like, nope, 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 <laughs> nope, 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 because all I kept thinking of what's going to go wrong. And finally, somebody looked at me and said, "But what if what if it goes right?" And I'm like, "Oh wow, what if it goes right?" And thank God we got married in January because we have had it. We're on month seven. Today's our seven month anniversary Aww. of our, our long time honeymoon. And it's crazy. We, we just sit there and go because of what we know, and, and it's like, dear God. And you know what? And like my dad would say, make a decision, make it yours, and then work it. And so and I'm like, die you know for
1: what? it. You know, I'm going to
0: do it. That you want to die for. Yeah. 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 And die die by. And I'm like, whatever else happens, I am a different person now. I'm going to be the best darn wife that I can in every way and every day. And, um, I think we're, I think we'll make it then. And so, yeah, but it's just so funny you said that because yeah. What, what can go right? Stop focusing on what can go wrong. So you did the marathon, you did 26 miles. I did the 26.2. What what was that like? What was that like? What, What did your body do? you know a lot
1: goes through in a marathon um you know in the beginning there's the excitement the energy the crowd there's so much energy you know pumping music all kinds of energy and you start out strong you start out strong now, if you don't really focus on preserving your energy you can energy by mile 10 and you're done you can't even go further so it, getting, not getting caught up in that energy and trying to still tell your mind, slow down, don't get caught up in this energy Mm -hmm. and you need to pace yourself. I know a lot of people say don't pace yourself, but there's a correlation in the mind work that you have to put in. You know, the first 20 miles, I would say, it goes great. You know, you challenge, you have a little bit of pain here and there. It goes great, but at mile 20, you hit that wall. And it's the proverbial wall. There really isn't a wall, but from everything that people said to me, I hit the wall. I don't even see a wall. And I'm like, oh, this is the end. It's so hard. I can't go on anymore. It's a nonstop mind game in the whole marathon. It took me about um, four and a half hours, maybe a little longer. But man, during those four and a half hours, it was constant self-talk. You know, the mind wants to drag you down. The heart wants to finish. It was finding that connection between the heart and the mind and figuring, you know, like reconciling between the heart and the mind right. and being able to still focus on finishing it. Right. Um, so at the wall, you really hit that wall hard. But then being able to tell yourself, instead of saying, oh, my God, this is so hard. You can really say, I came 20 miles already. Right. I also have six more miles. I already did six more miles. I can go another six more miles. It's, it's what you're saying to yourself. We'll get to the finish line. And once I got to the finish line, the first marathon, I was bawling. I was bawling and I didn't expect that feeling. But it was a feeling of, you know, being run down to the ground and lifting yourself back up during that marathon and finishing it, that sense of achievement. And then you get hooked because you want to chase that feeling over and over and over again. It was amazing. But what you said earlier about marriage, and stuff i i went through a almost 20 year old marriage it was a terrible marriage i don't get too much into details anymore because i'd like to focus on better things right um, but yeah that i i guess i still need to work on that fear too i i relate to you for so many years and wow we got divorced in 2005 So, since 2005, I have a guard up. I am not allowing people to get into my soul or my being. And, you know, I need to work on that. So, I'm glad you brought that up.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. Well, if it could happen to me, because I'm like, I'm married to God. This is over, you know? And it's somebody's like, you know, you can be married to a man and God and still have a wonderful life. And I'm like, really? (laughs) You know, I just exactly who knew who knew, who knew?
1: Priority, i should say but yeah know, i know
0: oh my god we and were my friends career. friends for years and years and years didn't even think about it so then it, that's when it sneaks up on you which is yep. the best way to have it happen because you know? if i would have had to define it i would have been like mm, i can't process it but it just happened it just unfold as exactly. all the beautiful things in life do so all right when So,
1: you so, so your open, when you're open to receiving and living it it comes to you, you well know,
0: and, and and I want to say that too for leadership as well as love. Um, you know, my, my husband told me that he's like, Tracy, he goes, everybody um, has a desire to love and be loved. And I'm like, I don't, I got to lead. I got a business to run. I don't. And so I was not open to it. And um, boy, you miss out because at the heart of leadership and everything is that love. And so I had really closed off a big area of myself. And I think opening up to love made me a much better leader in a lot of different areas. Wow, that's a good one. Totally, yeah. That's yeah. a
1: good
0: one. <laughs> all right, so now on to the last one, vision, all right? And my dad talks about vision is not like you have to be clairvoyant or have an IQ of, you know, mm-hmm. Albert Einstein or Stephen Hawkins. My father always said, because my dad flunked out of school in eighth grade, just very common sense, salt to the earth guy. But he said, vision is nothing more than seeing what needs to be done and then doing it, which is where a lot of people, like they'll tell you, well, this is where we need to go, but then they don't go do it. So Zoe, how do you get clarity on your vision of where to keep building your organization? You know, I was so surprised when I read the book that your dad
1: put vision last. That was very different to me and it, it triggered something in my mind. It, it sparked something in my mind and I've always put vision first, you know, and then these steps or everything else that comes with the vision or that journey last. Your dad put it last. He wanted to talk about them. He had a mission in this book. He, ha, he wanted to talk about uncomfortable steps first and then the possibilities. So for me, over the years, everything I read and everything I practiced or fed to my soul and mind was um, being able to see what you cannot see with your eyes first. That's vision to me, being able to see with your mind first that you cannot see with your eyes. So having an, a, a good sense of being able to um, visualize or create in your mind that possibility is very important. I really like that he mentioned that in his book. And it comes with a lot of doors that can open up. I minute mean, I really believe that we are human beings, two parts. The first part is the human part, the physical part. The second part is the being that you cannot see with your eyes. It's the energy or the spirit or whatever you want to call it. But there is a being in us that you cannot see yet. In one of the books that I read, it said, every creation has two parts. You live every creation in two parts, the physical part and the the mental part. And vision is creating what you want in your life or creating the future as you want it in your mental Energy first, in your mind first, and then what happens is that it, it, it sparks some energies. It sparks some excitement. If you can visualize it often, it sparks an excitement. That excitement will lead you to see the uh, see the opportunities, and you start grabbing the opportunities, taking action. And you know there is a very good correlation between visualizing, which I call intention or imagination which will spark you into action. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to see the possibility, oh, wow, if I can create this in my mind and get excited about it, it goes back to what I said earlier, defining the connection between the mind and the heart. The mind is the visualization part. The heart is how you feel about that vision if you feel excited about it, if you feel good about it, your body, your mind really wants to feel good, but it doesn't know how to feel good. So you have to create that possibility. And when you start feeling good about things, for instance, for all these years, you didn't feel good about getting married, right? Right. And all of a sudden, your husband maybe asked you a question that, created an image in your mind and it got you a little excited and you took a step towards that marriage, right?
0: Right. I, it, I, I, opened, I open myself up to it. And of course, when you open yourself up, love the greatest force in the entire universe. Whoo, yeah. Yeah. It even can be in love for heart, your, your business or whatever it is, you know, not just not relational. Love, cool. I mean, the, for me, it was,
1: um, uh, and I don't share this a lot because your dad really touched on this um, book, this book really hit home for me. Um, He touched on the uncomfortable parts of leadership. (laughs) And for me, when I started becoming a successful real estate agent, um, there was a part of my life that I didn't share with people anymore. Um, And that part was how I got married. It's I got married at a very, very early age. And it was an unconventional marriage my parents and their, his parents they arranged the marriage it wasn't forced but it was an arranged marriage at the age of 14 i was 14 years old and that part of me when i came here and i got out of the marriage and i started becoming something that i wanted to be i was ashamed of it i hid that part of me and i didn't want to talk about it until some of my successful friends they said zoe that's so inspirational you have to take the stage. And they kind of threw me onto the stage to share my story, but it was uncomfortable. Uncomfortable and very vulnerable to share that part of me. I always felt like, what if people don't like me? What if people judge me? What if people ridicule me? What if they judge me based on my past? That's not who I am now. But anyway, your dad talked about these uncomfortable feelings. I always thought as a leader, I'm not supposed to show my vulnerability. I'm not supposed to show my uncomfortable feelings, but he talked in his book about how those uncomfortable feelings make you a better leader. You know, it comes with that. It comes with those feelings. So for me, opening myself up, like visualizing what life would be outside of that terrible marriage and getting excited about, oh my gosh, I mean, when when you get excited about it, that energy lifted me up. And I wanted to become something. So I started picking up books. I started picking up, you know, things that I wanted to read and feed my mind. The more I learned, the more encouraged I felt. And that over time, that uh, development led into the courage to stand up and say enough and walk out. And, you know, I don't encourage anybody to do this. But if you are in an uncomfortable, bad situation and you don't know how to get out, Feed yourself, feed your mind, soul, and body with information or things that will um, inspire some action in you, and
0: right. you can get out of the situation. Right. I mean, I, Zoe. I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And for everybody listening, and you sit there and go, "I couldn't do what she did." Yes, you could. But These you- are universal truths. You have to. And you you said that the heart and the head part of it. So in leadership literature, that is grounded theory. This isn't just well, Zoe. Zoe, she's different. She's not like me. The the, the leadership literature says that. Number one, you have to see value in it. Okay. (laughs) You got to feel in your heart. You knew this happened to you when you were younger and you had something else. You were like, this is not a congruent fit for me. I see value in a life outside of this situation. So number Mm -hmm. one, people have to see that. A lot of people don't take action because they don't see it. They just are content in the drama or they don't want to leave it. You and I can't get that because that's so foreign to us Mm because that's where we used to be. But the other thing is, is you know, number one, do you see value? Number two is, do you have a reasonable expectation of success? And that uh-huh. is where the books and the resources and the feeding yourself. Look, people ask, how do you do it? How do I do it? I read nonstop. I don't do it. I pick beats and pieces from everybody else. And they, yeah. the great minds that went before me, the wisdom of the ages, then they help me figure out how to do it. And then you got God scrambling up in there. Come on. So I just, I love that for leaders. It, it, it is a step-by-step path to getting what you want out of life. And exactly. I love you for sharing that.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It's not some oh, it it. right that I landed on. It developed over years and years. And here's the good part. And I never thought when I was living through my challenging times, I never thought I would say this, but I am super grateful. And there's a gratitude and your dad said that at the end too. Yes. You know, an attitude of gratitude is very important. I am so grateful for everything that I live through, good or not so good. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I didn't say bad because I'm keeping it positive. Good or not so good. And because all of those experiences is part of life. I am life. Mm-hmm. And those experiences are are part of my life who served as stepping stones to become who I wanted to be today or who I I am today. So all of those experiences, I um, don't have any feelings of resentments anymore towards the people that, you know, hurt me or or pushed me to um, things that I didn't want to do. But, you know, all of those experiences created um, who I wanted to be today.
0: I love it. I love it. All right. So, so anything else? I know we have touched on so much incredible, beautiful insights and heartfelt wisdom in your experiences. Anything else you want to share with our leaders that maybe we haven't covered in The Price of Leadership? You know, I think we touched
1: on a lot of things and I really recommend people read this book. Thank you. The Price of Leadership because it is the other side of leadership that, you know, it's not known for a lot of leaders. To me, honestly, It is learn the process, love the process, not just, you know, uh, the good days. Anybody's happy. You can feel, you know, euphoric about any success, but you don't get to that successful part before the process. And the process is what your dad is talking about. The uncomfortable steps that you need to learn to embrace, you know, yes. embrace the process, learn
0: that there's uncomfortable feelings, but focus on the possibilities and where you want to be. I love it. Beautifully said. So, Zoe, how can people get in touch with you and stay connected?
1: So, uh, there's three different ways. They can um, get into my website, www.americandreamteam.is, or they can email me, zsaheen at AmericanDreamTeam.com or I'm going to give my cell phone out. Um, they can call me anytime they want or text me 571-278-1894.
0: Awesome. So, and for our listeners, we're going to put all the links at the bottom. And Zoe, thanks for bringing up the price of leadership too. We have that on our website. We sell thousands of those and you can pick that up PDF or the little booklet and they're wonderful to hand out and even read with your team of leaders or your family members as Zoe said, Zoe, I can't thank you enough. I cannot wait till we meet in person. Uh, you're not that far from me. I have an invite coming to you in October. So I'm going to send you an email after this, but I am just so blessed to have you in my life. Thank you, Tracy. I feel the same way. I love the energy
1: that you're giving off. I love what you're teaching people and leaders. And I really enjoyed that book. I cannot wait to read yours,
0: your new book. Thank you. Well, one's coming in the mail tomorrow. So Zoe and to our tremendous fans out there, if you like what you heard, please hit the subscribe button. And do us the honor of a rating as well, wherever you listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever you listen to us. And also, please be sure and reach out to Zoe. Get in touch with her. She left her cell phone too. And also, please pick up a copy of The Price of Leadership and share that with your team, as we said before. So to our tremendous tribe, we couldn't do it without you. And you will be the same person five years from now that you are today, except for two things the people you meet and the books you read. And I hope you enjoyed this time of sharing great books and hearing about the great people that have made Zoe be able to pay the price of leadership. So thanks everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, Let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.